Hi, this is Chris Ryan. Thanks for joining us for the Humanity First podcast. As always, I'm joined by Bamsey CEO Peter Evers as we discuss the major news surrounding Bamsey and within the organization. Peter, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Chris. How are you doing? Phenomenal. So let's start here. The Supreme Court made a decision last week, which was not surprising to a lot of people, but still very significant as Joe Biden had pushed forward a vaccine mandate plan for employers of over 100 employees across the country, and it had been met with significant opposition, mostly from uh, Republican governors across the country who filed litigation. That litigation made its way to the Supreme Court, and it was found to be unconstitutional, Biden's uh, proposal here. So what does that mean for an entity like Bamsey? And is that is it one size fits all in regard to um, this policy across the board with vaccine mandates, or is it just specific to employers of over 100 that deal just in the general population as opposed to an entity like ours, which is focused on healthcare. Yeah, big difference. And it was the OSHA mandate, of course, that failed, um, which actually, Chris, surprised me uh, because I've been a, an observer of OSHA for the probably the past 20 years. And OSHA have wielded an awful lot of power, I think quite rightly, you know, in terms of the oversight and the protection of workers in the workplace. And you know, there's been some very high profile decisions made by OSHA against employers for things that um, would uh, that that are of less significance than this, or or, or would seem like more um, draconian. Uh, I think we have a new Supreme Court, so uh, and we have new members of that, and it is a right leading Supreme Court. So I think they were listening to the um, the Republican governors. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, we fall under the healthcare mandate, which is the CMS, the Center for Medicaid and Med- Medicare um, Services, um, uh, which was not defeated by the Supreme Court. There was the recognition that if you're going to be dealing with <clears throat> vulnerable populations um, health-wise, um, you should uh, come, you, you are allowed as an organization to make a decision about mandates. And that's exactly what we did um, a couple of months ago. So really nothing has changed, Chris. We are uh, in the middle of, or actually coming to the end of our period where we're requiring people to get fully vaccinated. That's January the 31st. And <clears throat> has this been successful? Um, I would say that it has been successful in terms of us going probably at the beginning of December, late November, from um, a uh, 57% vaccinated rate up to what we're now around 85%. I think that really has helped uh, to minimize the effect of Omicron. So in my opinion, um, that really has been successful. The caveat to that is we still have some people um, who are... um, Uh, vaccine uh, hesitant or resistant. Um, And we have done everything that we can to persuade people. I mean, we do not want to lose one person. Either um, the people will get vaccinated, we hope, or they will um, get a successful uh, uh, application for uh, an exemption. And we have a lot of people who are applying for those exemptions. Quite a few of them are falling short in terms of the religious exemption, um, but people do obviously have the right to appeal. And I would um, advise people who haven't uh, got vaccinated yet and are intending to get a um, uh, to request an, um, an exemption to really do that today. Don't don't delay. 
uh, let's have enough time for that to that question to be answered so that we're not bumping up against the 31st of January uh, and then people are going to have to go on uh, leave without pay until they get fully vaccinated or until that exemption comes back. So time is of the essence now. It's the it's the 18th. Uh, so we're um, about 15 days, is that 15, 14 days away um, from uh, the deadline. I was never particularly good at math, so I beg your pardon of that wrong. Um, <clears throat> but the reality is that Bamsey wants uh, every worker. It does not want to lose one person. Uh, and we want a fully vaccinated and exemption uh, workforce, um, you know, by the beginning of February. I want to get back to the Supreme Court decision because I think it's an interesting conversation from a theoretical and practical uh, standpoint. And so I certainly hear what you're saying about OSHA and and past regulation. But one of the challenges of this case is do you argue it based upon what conditions, right? Is it the the fact that, you know, COVID has the ability to take the lives of individuals and should be viewed as just in that specific, you know, um, realm in vaccines as a way to stop folks from being sick and dying? Or do you are looking at it through the lens of COVID, which is one that evolves on a continuous basis, where if you're looking specifically at COVID, which is what this is, what the case is um, you know, referring to, people, the people who would be hurt in, in an employer-employee relationship would be those who are making the decision not to get vaccinated as opposed to the general population, in theory, based upon what we know about COVID now. So that's why this case is so interesting to me, is because there is a lot of, and it can be said for a lot of cases, but there's a lot of inference that needs to be taken in these instances. Like, are you setting a precedent or ruling on precedent in regard to a vaccine such as, you know, uh, for polio or for other things and vaccines as a whole, which I don't think is what they're doing. I think that they're looking at it specifically based upon COVID and this OSHA case. And in this environment, COVID is constantly changing. So it's very difficult to make, in my view, a ruling here that may be the same for the next variant or whatever because we're we're constantly learning new things about this so but what i interpreted the justices saying and i'm interested in your feelings on this is that the people who would be hurt by um not having a vaccine mandate are the people who have made a conscious decision not to get vaccinated for whatever reason so you're not you're protecting people from themselves, kind of. Um, is that what you? And I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's what I that's what I interpret the justices saying here. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, and this is this country is um, is built on individual rights, Chris. And you know, you wouldn't you know you wouldn't get necessarily the kind of that kind of decision in a I don't know Central European country, for instance, necessarily. I think I think it's a fair point. <clears throat> because we're constantly balancing the individual rights of people versus the public health of a nation, of a population. And, you know, you look around the world and that it's not the same uh, wherever you go. Look at China. We don't want to be like that. We don't want to be where people have been made to get vaccinated um, because that just doesn't feel right. But, you know, look back at what happened in this country 100 years ago um, with the with the flu. Um, we were um, in making sure that people got vaccinated. We were passing regulations that people had to be. It's somewhere in the middle. 
it's the I I think the way I feel about it, Chris, is that more and more people are going to have less and less options. Uh, and I'm not just talking about working. You know, um, this Saturday, I think Boston and Brookline, a couple of other communities went to. You know, you have to show your vaccination card to get in. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a slippery slope for those people because more and more places, but they, there's going to be less and less things that people can do. Um, so I'm not saying that the Supreme Court made the wrong decision. I just think they made a decision that was going that was um, predictable given the individual rights trumping the public health of the of our communities. Right. And, you know, there's you know, certainly arguments that can be made in regard to um, how a public good would be helped by everyone being vaccinated and there being um, less variants as a result of that or truly eradicating uh, COVID. And that they, if there was a uh, if we were able to hit that, quote unquote, herd immunity type of a number, that the virus would still not um, would st still not have the. Uh, would, would not have the effectiveness that it is having in gripping our society. You're going to talk about that a little bit with your next guest, who um, I'm going to hand it back over to Peter right now to introduce. And today, for I don't know how many times it's been, Barbara, but uh, welcome back to the show, the podcast. You are now an honorary member of the team on this podcast because of the number of times you've been on it. It's great to have you. It's great to have you back. Wish we had some other fun topics to talk about. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, you, you know, the, the news responds to what's ever in front of us. And uh, once again, yeah. where uh, COVID has uh, reared its head, not that it ever put its head down, really. But, um, you know, we've been talking a lot recently about um, how how this will end, I guess, how, how COVID will end. And nobody really knows. But um, this new Omicron variant. There's a few things that I'd like to talk about. Um, and I'd like to tie it in, if that's okay, with um, with Bamsey's decision to, you know, have the mandate. And obviously, you know, today is uh, the 18th of January. We're looking at the 31st of January as being the, the date at which we're requiring people to be fully vaccinated. We'll talk a little bit about what fully vaccinated means. Um, but uh, I guess we'll start by saying um, uh, um, COVID has uh, has been visiting uh, many families uh, over the past few weeks. And, um, you know, most people I've spoken to, somebody in the family um, has come down with the Omicron variant, which, of course, is because it's way more uh, infectious than any of the other uh, strains. Um, and I know you have a little bit of news to share yourself on that, Barbara. Yeah, so... I actually um, am recovering from COVID at the moment. Um, it was in my family as well, just like in every other family. It's kind of funny. I felt like when COVID first started, um, I didn't know too many people, you know, back in March, 2020, even over the summer, even through 2021, other than, you know, some employees that had COVID, I, I really didn't know too many people in the community that had COVID. And now to your point, it's just um, spreading like wildfire through our communities. Um, doesn't matter what social class, who you are, 
um, you're at risk for getting this variant. It is so contagious. So I, I did have two family members, children, um, they're teenagers. So they're out and about in this world and working and still doing everyday things like the rest of us. And um, they did, um, my 21 year old actually got COVID first and she, you know, wrote it pretty, pretty nicely. Didn't really have any symptoms. She's vaccinated. And then my uh, 17 year old, who doesn't like school. And interestingly enough, it was the weekend before school, we were going back to school from vacation. So I just thought she just didn't want to go back to school, which is not a good thing from a, a mom who's also a nurse. <laughs> and um, she did stay home because she did say she wasn't feeling well when school opened back up. And then sure enough, I took her to the doctors because she was really sick, complaining of a sore throat. And had COVID. I, I wasn't surprised after a couple of days, it took me some time to get there. But you know, once we got the results, and then I was still feeling pretty well. And probably about 10 days later, um, I ended up having some very mild kind of odd type of symptoms. And I mean, the first day, actually, the, that I tested because we test routinely here at BAMSI. So I was just testing routinely, I had no symptoms. Um, but I think back and I felt a little bit tired more than usual. And then the next day I just felt off for some wild reason. And I knew that because it was in my family, it was a close exposure. I am triple vaccinated. Um, <clears throat> I did take a rapid test, which I was grateful to have in my house. They're hard to come by. And it was positive and I did isolate right away. I do have a husband who has some um, medical issues. He has some heart issues and um, just we are trying to be protective of him. <laughs> He's also vaccinated, but still with all his health issues, we wouldn't want him to come down you know, with COVID if, if we can help it. Um, so I've been living in my basement and I've actually enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's um, <clears throat> a couple of things I just wanted to pick up on. First of all, I'm glad you're on the mend um, and certainly wouldn't wish this on anybody because, you know, it is, although the strain is more uh, infectious, it's supposedly less uh -huh. uh, dangerous, but it right. is, but let's not, let's just talk about that for a minute because it's not without peril, right? Right, right. Yeah. So I mean, for me, I had flu-like symptoms and um, I thought, wow, I can't imagine if I wasn't vaccinated, if the symptoms could have been worse because, you know, flu is not fun to go through. It was only really two really bad days. But yes, there are still people dying of COVID. There are still, you know, our hospitals and ICUs are still full of mostly unvaccinated people, but vaccinated people as well, the elderly um, and anyone with any, you know, chronic um, health conditions, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, continue to be, you know, at risk from, from this virus. I'm very grateful to um, be relatively healthy. I could be healthier, but relatively healthy. <laughs> very grateful for that. But I want to do my part also to make sure that, you know, my parents and people I know and people I don't know um, hopefully uh, won't get get this disease because even the the two days of the flu-like symptoms, that did not feel good. Mm. And I wouldn't want anybody else to have to go through that if they don't have to. So yeah. we all still have our, we all still need to do our part. Yeah, I mean, I think again, we get to describe this as a, a, a public health and a public safety event. 
that we're still living through. And I think that idea of living in the basement, uh, you know, so shrinking your world a little bit in order to protect the general population is such an important message for people. And, you know, yeah. as we, you know, so let shifting topics, but similar topics a little bit. Um, you know, we we are uh, under a mandate um, at BAMSI, uh, and the the good news is that before we announced the mandate, uh, back in I think it was early December, maybe in late November, we were at around fifty seven percent of people vaccinated, fifty eight maybe, and now I think we are at a position where we're about eighty three percent. Is that about right? Yeah, I think probably a little bit higher, probably closer to 85%. Um, we are still hashing out some of those numbers. You know, we have such a large, diverse workforce, but more diverse in terms of geography. And so trying to get all of those results in can be a little bit challenging from everybody. Um, so we have been checking in with, with um, our staff, um, kind of checking in with the MIIS system too, that we have the, the state database and we're finding that some people, you know, hadn't submitted their results yet, which is fine. So I think we're closer to 85%. But, you know, the work that we do, we, our services are so diverse. Um, we take care of, you know, provide services to children under five, infants, uh, lots of medical vulnerabilities. We provide services to people that live in group homes that have you know, used to live in nursing homes, uh, elderly, um, people with lots of comorbidities. And so I think because of the work that we do and the, we have a responsibility to keep the population that we serve a, as safe as possible. Yeah, and I think about our HIV AIDS services as well in that, yes, exactly. <clears throat> in that vulnerable group. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and one of the trade association meetings the, uh, today, actually, somebody was saying <clears throat> that they weren't vaccinating people because they didn't think that it was um, a relevant thing to do, given that everybody's going to get Omicron. And, you know, <clears throat> I, I feel very differently about that. I feel the more the high percentage of people that we can get vaccinate, vaccinated, the more protected they are from serious illness. Um, you know, which is the primary issue. And the secondary issue is the quicker people get back to work. And I think we're finding that the, we've had an awful lot of people positive for Omicron over the past few weeks. Um, the vast majority yeah. of those people, or the majority of those people are really asymptomatic who are back in the workforce now. Isn't, isn't that right? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, I mean, Bamsey, like the rest of the world, <laughs> is experiencing the uh, Omicron surge. Um, our numbers, I mean, unprecedented numbers. I was just, I thought we had seen back in uh, last year, I, I, you know, when we had a surge of, we had 40 cases in two weeks. I thought that was a lot, but we are seeing unprecedented numbers. We are very fortunate that our staff, for the most part, have been very, very healthy, have gotten through this surge. Um, we are following the CDC guidelines. Most people are back within five days. It's pretty remarkable um, to see people uh, recovering very quickly. We are doing the, um, the testing, the surveillance testing, and that is how we are able to remove people very quickly from the workforce, but not only that, 
the accessibility of the home antigen tests, I think has been also a game changer. Um, people have been buying these test kits and now hopefully we'll be able to get some test kits through either our insurance companies or through <clears throat> the Biden administration's effort to get these kits. But that has been a game changer. People have been doing their due diligence um, if they've been exposed, whether it's at potentially at work or in the community, they have gone out and bought test kits and um, tested themselves and isolated very, very quickly. And I, I think that has done, um, kept our workforce safe. And it's also kept the people that we serve relatively safe as well. They have, I mean, remarkably, um, the people that live in our group homes, we have that data. They're 90, we have about 92% of them are vaccinated. It could be a little bit higher at this point. Um, they seem to be doing okay um, as well if they're exposed. And a lot of our folks are out in the community. They're, they're not isolated at home. So they're at, um, you know, getting out there. And so they have the same amount of risk as, as everybody else. And they're doing well. They're doing okay. Yeah. And just to emphasize that point, um, the, I'm actually looking at the zip codes <clears throat> that the state have uh, identified yes. um, as priority areas, areas of high need, I guess I would say. And, uh, and the good news for us, well, it's not good that we're in a high need area, but but Brockton uh, and Worcester, which are two big areas where we do yeah. business, so I think all of the all of the zip codes in Brockton uh, and Plymouth County are are in there, and also it looks uh, I think there's um, there's certainly quite a few of them uh, the Worcester zip codes as well. <clears throat> so. Um, and also, um, Barbara, and you probably got this as well, but I just got a thing from my insurance carrier saying that I was um, able to get eight kits uh, paid for by the uh, by oh, the carrier. Nice. Yeah, and that, that was Blue Cross Blue Shield. So that just came through today. <clears throat> so I, again, like you, can't express the, um, the need for us to all get kits in the, in the home. And <clears throat> I think I've mentioned on this show that um, being from uh, Britain, I was I was home in September to to see my mum. And you can walk into a pharmacy uh, or a chemist, as we say in England, uh, and pick up um, two or three uh, test packs um, for free. And I think as long as as soon as we can get to that where where it's available on demand with with a low barrier to cost, I think we're going to be able to allow people to recognize <clears throat> their their positive negative status and um, you know, uh, not coming to work. So I think I think we're moving yeah. finally in the right direction with that. No, I I completely agree. Like I said, I, I felt like it was um, it's been a, a game changer. Um, I will say um, they can be a little hard to come by. Hopefully, though, that to your point, that's you know um, we're kind of turning the corner. Uh, when I went looking for tests, we had some at our house. I did have to go to a few different. <laughs> Uh, pharmacies uh, to get them. But I did just see the email about Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, we um, are covered through my husband. So we'll see what what they have. Hopefully, um, we'll see more and, and more um, you know, accessibility and, and people affordability too, because that's they, they're not cheap. And when you need more than one kit, it can easily run you a couple hundred dollars. 
That's right. How? That's right. And and again, I think you know the the federal government is doing the right thing by flooding the market with these with these kits. And as yeah. soon as they can, you know, get them manufactured, I think that's the right direction. <clears throat> the other thing I think, um, you know, as as we think about the future, you know, and we all have thought at some point or another, and uh, <clears throat> me included. Um, oh, that's it. That's the end of it. Good. We can just get on with our lives. Um, I think one of the things that's caused so much stress on, you know, our direct care wor- uh, workers, on our uh, nursing staff, on our clinical staff, is that it's that idea of sort of battening down again, of facing a new uh, a new wave of this. Um, do you think that we're really going to be in a position eventually where most people have had um, COVID of one way or thing of one strain or another, that people will have natural immunity and the vast majority of people in this country, and I know that's true for, for Massachusetts already, and of course for Bamsey, will be vaccinated and will, I should think, need a fourth uh, a, a vaccination in the fall or something like that. Do you think we're moving into a period where we're living with COVID as opposed to eradicating it that will be that this will be like the flu in the end that where we're having a vaccine every year? Yeah, I mean, I believe that's what uh, we're being told <laughs> is that hopefully this will kind of I mean, I think that's what the Spanish flu of 1918, you know, ended up happening. They, they you know, battled it for years. Um, I do. um Yes, I, I do think we're going to end up with a vaccine to take every year because the natural immunity, from what I understand, only lasts a few months. Um, and and that, that can vary depending on what your symptoms are like as well. So we're going to be living this for a, for a while. But we do need between natural immunity and vaccination, we do need, I'm gonna, just going to throw this out there, kind of more of a global effort too to get everyone um, access to the vaccine. And I don't know if you saw this, but um, NPR had an article that um, a, a couple of scientists out in Texas um, have come up with a vaccine um, for COVID that is um, affordable to make, uses current technology, and they think could be a game changer for areas that have had a hard time accessing the vaccine. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah, I did. I did see that. <clears throat> and I think it is that usually happens, you know, when you think about the polio vaccine, you know, and, and things yeah. like that. It was it began to have tremendous effect when you were finding when when they were developing versions of this what, what, that were more accessible to people. So yeah. that is. And, and I think you raise a really good point there. There is no equity in vaccine uh, availability in the world. Um, you know, I think Africa is still around two or three percent, uh, which is just unfathomable. Um, and I think there's still a lot of misinformation about this. And as usual, uh, Bamsey um, goes with the best medical evidence that uh, is in front of us. And we continue to believe that the best evidence about our future lies in the majority of our uh, people uh, in, in our communities being vaccinated. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I mean, I, I feel that like we have, or I believe that we have the science and the numbers in front of us. With so many, it's funny, with so many people though coming down with COVID, whether you're vaccinated or not, people kind of twist that information around a little bit. And, you know, I just heard recently, well, what's the point of getting vaccinated? You got COVID, <laughs> right? Everyone's getting COVID. Um, 
And again, it, I mean, it goes, boils down to the public health and it's still killing thousands of people and still doing, I mean, we still have to do our due diligence. And the other thing about getting vaccinated is hopefully minimizes some of these variants that are out there and it will kind of put, uh, you know, kind of those, those variants hopefully will stop. I mean, hopefully COVID will stop um, mutating in, in, into other forms um, that um, get out to the, to the whole world like, like Omicron did. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. The more people are vaccinated, the better it is and the less chance. I mean, when somebody explained the virus to me, like the virus has a job to do, and that is to perpetuate itself. And, and it doesn't really want to kill people, but unfortunately, because so many vulnerable people, um, it does. But yeah, it wants to get as many people sick as possible. That's and right. It's doing a good job. Yes, it certainly is. And and our job is to prevent that with by putting up barriers to that. And as far as we know, Absolutely. right now, um, we're on the right path with, with the mRNA and the and, and the vaccines that are coming down the pike. But Barbara, it's been a pleasure, of course, as you, uh, as ever. Uh, thank you so much for your words of wisdom. And also, you know, hopefully um, you're on the path to wellness and, and mending. And I hope you're not uh, stuck in your basement for too much longer. <laughs> No, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye.